sell work, not features, right? So like when you're creating these tools and you're creating products, find where there are time inefficiencies evolved and that's what you're actually wanting to go sell. New Year and welcome to another episode of Our Future Podcast. I'm your host, Simran Sandhu. I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Michael Sakan. We're two guys in our early 20s. We sold our media company to Morning Brew. And now what we do is we cover young people and the strategies and tactics they use to win in business. Now, we're covering two young guns today. Uh, they're in the sales and email marketing space. They run a company called Tavis. They've raised over 25 mil from top tier angels and venture uh, capital firms like Sequoia. Um, and one of them even went to school with Mike at Michigan. So their names are Hassan Raza and Quinn Fabre. Mike, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so Hassan's a UT guy, computer science. And we have Quinn, who is the slick sales savant who was previously interested in like joining a consulting club. So that's how we know each other from Michigan is we were both like trying to grind case interviews and, you know, dream of like that white shoe kind of McKinsey consulting firm. It's so funny when I <laughs> texted him the other day, <laughs> I, I said, text him two things. The first thing was like, dude, isn't it crazy how far we've come from like slaving away for a consulting club to now being on the Forbes 30 to 30. And the next thing I said was, dude, have you talked to OnlyFans yet? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, yeah. And then Hassan is more of like the technical guy, the CEO. I think he was the one who kind of incubated the idea, brought Quinn on for the ride, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, and now, yeah, 25 million in venture funding, some of the top firms, including Sequoia, and a platform that is, you know, stands to revolutionize sales as we know it, you know? And uh, whether or not we need more uh, videos of sales guys spitting into a microphone, I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. You know, it's funny though, because when you're in college, there's always a handful of people where it's like, I don't know what they're going to achieve, but I know they're going to do big things, right? And I feel like this was probably one of those people where it was like, Quinn, he's all dressed Definitely. up. The dude is Definitely. ambitious and he's going to make it in this world. Yeah. So you're just along for the ride. Yeah. You just want to see what they're up to. Yeah. These guys, I don't think they've been having much uh, vacation for sure, like you mentioned. <laughs> uh because Quinn lived in Austin for a little bit and cool. like I never saw him, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think I think they were extremely heads down. And, you know, part of that is I think their total capital raise is up to 28 million. Wow. Um, if I'm if I'm correct, yeah. So, you know, it's been a lot of fundraising for those guys. And um, you know, in an environment where like the, the pace of this technology is accelerating just so fast when it comes to like cloning and uh, you know, the voice stuff. So it's like almost like a lot of this stuff can come off the shelf these days. So I guess, you know, a lot of this money is going to be spent on the technology side. Yeah. It's cool that Quinn doesn't have a tech background um, at all, actually. I think he worked on another startup when he was at Ann Arbor and it was something in the restaurant technology space. Um, but yeah, he's a great example of somebody who just, you know, understands insights and, you know, can apply the pressure when it comes to, to new ideas. Yeah. I mean, so like, let's hone in on the business. Like if you were to define this in one sentence, it's essentially hyper-personalized AI videos for sales, yeah. you know, and email marketing. So essentially what you do is you will record this script. It usually takes about 15 minutes and then it will 
essentially customize what is keywords, right? So it will customize their name. It will customize, um, you know, their job position or certain other things that like you would need for, let's say, massive outbound, right? So it's large scale, large volume, and it automatically customizes this. It kind of gives me like Descript vibes, right? The ability where you can like change words on a Word doc and like somehow the voice in the video will match up to that, which I always thought was pretty cool. Dude, it's wild, man. Like, dude, every sales guy is just looking for that extra edge, yeah, you know? Yeah. And like, I feel like there's a lot of appetite for a tool that can take you, you know, just that extra one or 2% to get on somebody's radar. What I will say though, is I think they, they could be somewhat constrained by format in that like email and video just don't go together like PB and J, right? Like the integration isn't quite there. Um, and I'm not sure if they have like maybe a GIF, right? Where it's like, you know, there's some component of like, uh, it's static in the yeah. email, but like opening up a video and like downloading an MP4 file or whatever it is feels like a really like uphill battle. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think about the general email marketing space and I think it's extremely competitive. Like this is a really hard space. And I think AI is partly to blame for that. Like I've seen so many tools like warmly.ai, coldly.ai. There's one that I'm looking at right now. It's called clay.com, right? So they kind of do a version of this, but it's more just focused on copywriting. So like they'll personalize the first name. So it'll be like, um, you know, hey, X person, right? Like you can change the variables and it'll still do the same stuff. What's unique about them though is like the video component. I think that like this could help Because I think cold email, this is my hot take, is like it's the hardest it's ever been because there's so many AI tools that now exist that like how do you cut through the noise, right? Like if – and most of it is like trash, right? Like if you look at like most of the cold emails that you will get in a given day, like 99% of them suck. And so if I'm on the other side of the table, right, like I'm on the recipient – even if you have a good cold email, like chances are, I'm probably just not going to look at it because most of the time I'm just going to bucket it as like, oh shit, this is just another cold email. Like I don't even want to deal with this. Like I think there is some level of email fatigue. So maybe like video is one of those things that like could change that. Right. So it's like, I click into something, I see a personalized video. Maybe I'm more likely to consume that content. Yeah. I think getting someone to click is challenging but i think that like the context we should change because i honestly think this would thrive even more on linkedin right like at least then you have like the video available to click when the message comes through right i will say this like where you're selling into matters so much right like so if you create any kind of software product right like you should be really intentional about within the function that you're selling into so For example, if you're trying to sell within sales, marketing, whatever, that's going to be significantly easier versus if you're trying to sell into, you know, HR um, or like customer service, right? Because like, think about like the general dynamic within, you know, marketing and salespeople. They're just like, they like buzzy new tools. They like trying new stuff. And I think that's where it's a lot harder with maybe people who are more entrenched in a certain way. Like your customer service people probably aren't going to be that interested in using new tools, right? Because then they have to re-educate themselves and everybody on the team. Um, and so I don't necessarily blame them for going into sales and marketing first, but I think that is kind of the idea. I did look at the other use cases and I think they are going to try to tap into other functions too. Yeah, dude, when you're a sales guy, like, you know, the quotas, you know, 
king. Yeah. So if you can find that one tool to give you an advantage, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like these sales guys are constantly cycling through tools, right? And then the minute they have one that works, it just spreads like wildfire through the office. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they've signed up some pretty big customers. They have HubSpot, Meta, Wonder, Salesforce, right? So like, you know, people are biting on it. Um, I still think it's early. and But I don't know why I think like this might be better sold to like fan engagement, right? Or like social media in some capacity. There's right? probably an opportunity for that, for sure. Yeah. I, I could see someone taking this this kind of technology or building out something similar for that use case. Um, if you look at where most VC dollars have gone, right, like in generative AI, a lot of it has been like social media content, right? The ability to create, you know, short form clips and like something, th things like that. Um, I, you know, for that reason, I'm, I'm a little bit of like, that's going to get really saturated too. So it doesn't really jump at me. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the space I want to play in. Um, I think this idea of like, you know, we can provide another way to really get really engaging outreach on the sales side and you can quantify this to revenue. I think that's pretty enticing um, versus mm -hmm. like, hey, we just created this tech that can help you scale your audiences, right? Like that, those are challenges that you and I have even faced, right? Like just with our own stuff. Is there something to be said for when a tool becomes mainstream, it loses its effectiveness in sales though, right? Like the minute everybody's using this, it doesn't matter anymore, right? So there's an element of like almost uh, your your goal is to sell to as many companies as possible, right? And then to have as many people adopt it, but then it just becomes oversaturated. Yeah, you know, that that brings but up an interesting point around. though. Because there's not like a a custom almost like workflow that you're you've adopted within sales right like there's not like a custom methodology i think that's the better word which is like this is how you are going to uh, you know target uh, this is how you're going to prospect this is how you're going to reach out to these people this is what you're going to say everyone has a little bit of a unique spin generally right like in in what they're um saying and how they're targeting people so i think that's an interesting point which is like this technology could effectively just like level the playing field and then you're eventually in the same spot that people are in right now right like they're sending the same kind yeah. of cold emails everywhere and now it's lost its effect we're probably you know several years from something like that happening though so like they have this window where i think they can make a lot of money doing this i saw this thing on their website or it was in the TechCrunch article where typically like the user clones themselves but it's also common for businesses to have a central figure such as an executive or spokesperson record the videos and have a consistent face for the company. Um, that's wild, right? Like, can you imagine a world where like all this interfacing occurs through like a digital avatar or like one avatar, one persona per company. And then like, you know how like the sales guys are like, like they're like the girls and guys, like they're a little more attractive. Like they're <laughs> probably like a college athlete, like, you know, like tall, like can run the phone. Like yeah. maybe this shifts it to like, you know, now we have like the nerdy software engineer looking people in the sales roles. How crazy would that be? It could. Yeah, that totally How crazy. Would that that be? totally could happen. I mean, I like this more of like founder led sales, right? So it's like every time you're reaching out, mm. maybe you get a customized video from the founder, right? Like at the end of the day, if you think about it, you know, there's a lot of software that now exists that is like eerily similar, right? You You have like 
10 tools trying to do very similar things, right? So who are you going to buy from at the end of the day? Probably the person that you like the most. And if I was to get a personalized video from the founder that made me feel like I was a part of their journey in some way, like I'd probably be more likely to use their tool. Um, like it, it, it again does become a distribution thing, but you know, how many people know, like there's the other side of the coin, which is like, how many people know that this is just like, uh, an AI generated video that they're getting, right? Like the, that isn't common knowledge just yet. Like I know the sales team will know that, but like, if I'm on the receiving end of this, I may think, oh shit, like maybe this is like, you know, th like this, this person's just trying to be super scrappy and they made a custom video for me. Yeah. I feel like I can suss that out though when somebody's like not, you know, not, you know, authentic when they're reaching out. Um, but when their fucking mouth is like moving a little weird and like their ear yeah. is like a little out, and it's like, dude, that guy looks flipped. I think it's a big bet though. I feel like 30 million for this kind of tool, like that's a lot of money to raise, uh, especially in this space. I was reading through HubSpot's, um, annual report, I believe it's called a K1. A Q, is it a Q1 or a K1? Something like that. Um, and I was looking at like the competitive threats to their business just because I was like really, really interested. Like uh, HubSpot just bought this company called Clearbit and they're essentially like a sales intelligence tool. And so I was like, you know, I'm curious where they look to go buy. Um, I could see like, an, uh, I could see like this, their entire strategy just being like, we're going to build out this tech. That's where most of this money will be going to. And then some bigger player comes in and buys them a Salesforce, um, you know, HubSpot. Maybe it is like a, an Apollo of some kind, right? Like maybe they don't even need to go to market. It's just like building out the technology. Yeah. So like one platform can own it over the other. Yeah. I think, I um, think that it's it going to get that like way. That. I think this will, this space will get very, very consolidated because like if you think about AI, how I've now think about it is like, it's the the real value is in like workflow automation, right? So it's instead of you having to do manual steps, right? So it's like, I'm going to do this step. I'm going to start prospecting first. Then I'm going to write these emails. Then I'm going to target them. Then I'm going to follow up, right? If you look at a lot of the email marketing software, they do all four of those steps, five of those steps, right? So you don't, all you have to do is set up the initial filters and then like AI will do all the, all of the other stuff. So like, Again, going back to HubSpot's M&A strategy, I think that's why the Clearbit acquisition made so much sense for them. It's like they're already dominating in CRM. They're already dominating when it comes to like brand recognition. Now they bought Clearbit, which is this intelligence tool. So they have even more enriched data about the people that you're targeting. And then if you could also own like uh, the distribution method, meaning like how you're targeting these people. So this could be like, um, you know, again, you're sending videos to them and you have the ability to customize that. That's probably a really val valuable proposition to them. I feel like in the CRM landscape right now in particular, it's very much apples to apples. I, I like HubSpot the most, but like you have Monday.com, you have Pipedrive, you, um, and a bunch of these other ones, but it's just getting hard to distinguish. And so it's like people are raising a lot of money or they're building AI tools on one specific feature. I have a friend here in New York. He's raised $10 million from um, David Sachs VC firm. I believe it's called Craft Ventures. So um, they're focused on the inbound side of it, right? So it's kind of like triggers and automations focused on when you get inbound um, interest from potential prospects. And it's like, mm. you know, that that's a valuable thing. But like, again, that could probably be 
that that's probably something that can be absorbed into something else, right? So it's like you can, you have to be able to own the entire process. I feel like that's where we're headed. And I think these bigger players are just going to do that. It's like they're going to find these people who are focused on just one step within the process and just buy them up. Um, and I think that's the same with these guys, these guys. It's like if I can start sending videos, boom, some bigger player is going to want that tool. What I was going to say yeah. is, you know, it's always like when when you have this like, you know, high level of, uh, you know, comparative uh, abilities between these platforms, right? It's usually like one feature that's going to differentiate you, right? Like someone's like, oh, I just can't live without like that video generation tool that they have, right? And they own it, right? And that company <laughs> stopped licensing its tech to all the other CRMs, right? So it just like, um, I'm trying to think of like Canva, right? Yeah. Like with me and Canva, um, the ability to just one click remove the background behind like a uh, image of a person for like creating thumbnails and stuff for like a novice graphic designer like me is just like makes all the difference, right? Like, you know, if I'm going to go to another design platform and they just don't have that AI feature that can do that, I'm just not going to use it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I feel like if you have just that incredibly strong feature, that's like highly platform defining, that's what's going to get your platform that edge over the competition when it comes to the sales environment, because it's all the same. You're prospecting, you're sending emails, you're sending leads. This feels like a fresh new direction for sales. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Like maybe, this, maybe this is, maybe this is the future, but um, you know, I also think there are, th there are things that need to happen on like um, this being a real truly cross platform, you know, uh, sales tool, right? Like I honestly think this working pretty well on social media, like, who's really targeting people on Instagram, right? Like I like I should be able to connect that data between the buyer of software at Oracle and like, you know, their Instagram username. Maybe that's like a play that this company takes. That's what I think. Because, I think they could head in that direction, but I feel like right now yeah. they're just trying to find an effective wedge, right? Like it, it's clear that they're trying to like dominate for sure. I mean, that's probably why they've raised a lot of this money that they have, but you can only focus on one thing at a time, right? Like you can only go, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. I, I agree. I think in that specific use case, they probably could go on the social media and content side. So funny. TechCrunch was pushing them on like, you know, uh, misuse. It's like a whole section in there. Oh, imagine, like, you know, like, imagine, yeah. you raise imagine you raise $28 million and there's a section in your TechCrunch article. It's titled misuse. That's interesting though, because like, Every article I read about them was talking about their $6 million raise. I didn't even realize they raised quite a bit more than that. Um, does that, does it mention that in that TechCrunch article that they raised over 20 mil? No, but it did in the Forbes thing. 25 million in funding from Sequoia Capital and others. Unreal. We, we live in an economy where our attention is our most scarce and valuable resource. It's funny. I, th I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah it sounds good. I mean, it's a good tagline. Um, you know, I was also thinking like, there's another tool that a friend of mine is, is creating. It's a company called Thunderstrike. And I thought what they were doing is really interesting. So they were saying that, you know, salespeople have to spend three to four hours a day prospecting. And so, you know, he thought the value in AI is the ability to take um, tons of data all at once and the, the ability to kind of synthesize it and do targeted things with it. So what he's trying to do is they take your CRM data, 
They essentially study it and then they will create AI personas. So it will generate lead lists on your behalf. I thought that was another kind of interesting use case for it as well, um, which is just like, boom, just study what I've done in the past, spit out some new information and I don't have to waste time mm -hmm. doing this. I There was this interesting Medium article that came out um, and she, I, 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 the person who wrote it, I believe her name was Sarah. I forget, uh, I'm blanking on her last name, but it was like, sell work not features right so like when you're creating these tools and you're creating products like it should be able to um replace human work and human labor right so it's like find where there are time inefficiencies evolved and that's what you're actually wanting to go sell rather than just saying like hey we have these features in our product and and it's just like incremental moves yeah this tavis company almost feels like we're trying to flip the paradigm like i honestly think they're betting that this becomes a part of the sales workflow is to like film a video of yourself, right? Like I think uh, with that company you just mentioned, they were simply trying to speed up time for what somebody's already doing. Yeah, correct. But I think when you're, they're literally trying to create a new style of sales. And I think that comes with its own challenges as well, right? And that, you know, there there's a certain number of tools in the toolbox and we're adding another tool, right? So Outside of your time spent on the things that actually drive results, you need, now need to be expected to spend time on something new that you don't know if it drives results, but it also like takes time away from from those other things. And I think that's gonna it's hard to compete um, with uh, like a salesman's own time, right? When they're going out and trying to get their quota, um, because sure they might try a new tool. But if they don't make any money from it yeah. the first time they use it, yeah. I doubt they're going to use it again, right? So I feel like in sales in particular, you're dealing with a retention issue, not only at the SaaS level, but also at the user level. And I feel like that's a big test for Tavis, you know, to look at that data and figure out that churn. Totally. Well, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? Like there is no sales methodology just yet, right? It's There's no defined yeah. process on how you go about doing certain things. Um, which is how people get unique. I think the challenge though with creating, you know, new methodology is that a lot of education is required. So you have to be willing to play a long-term game, which is like over the course of five, 10 years, this is how I believe people will go about their, you know, sales or email marketing process. And what we're doing right now is going to be a fundamental piece within that. Uh, but if you're trying to make money now, like it doesn't make sense to to go and create like revolutionary technology, right? This like um, a good parallel yeah. here is actually like what Akshaya is doing with Spellbound, right? Like it's like this idea of embedding like new technology within the email, right? And it's like mm -hmm. most people don't do that now, nor most, would a lot of people probably find it just effective, like would find it effective just yet. But her bet is that over the course of X amount of years, this will become the status quo for how people are exchanging emails, whether it's on the customer service side, whether it's follow-ups, uh, email flows, or intro emails, whatever. Um, so, you know, that's probably, again, another big part as to why they raise so much money. They need to, they need to play this game out. Yeah, uh, that's what Quinn was telling me. Uh, you know, the sales was really hard. He was talking about how yeah. it was just really hard to get companies to bite on this. Because it feels like a shiny object for sure, right? It feels like something exciting, but like, does it turn my time and my face and my voice into dollars and cents is really the only thing that matters, right? And I think a lot of the bet they're making is, can we raise enough? Do we have the resources? You know, with what we have right now, it's solid. Like, it can, I can show that it works. 
but you know, how effective can it really be? How good can it really be? Right. And that's going to be a long-term play. Totally. That being said, I know these guys are frugal. I know that you've got like a really tight grasp on their funding. Like they're going to be around for a minute now. Like 25 million funding is no joke um, for an AI company, uh, especially run by two 23, 24-year-olds. So For sure. What would you recommend? I guess like do, are there any ideas that come to mind like within the space that you think could be really interesting? Um, well, what I was saying is like I think – camo should be all over this right like if you can uh or like with what disney's doing right the the ability that like what disney has in terms of cloning and uh like facial recognition and all that stuff like could you imagine that in the hands of like content creators i think that would be that would be crazy i remember like once i made a video and i asked everyone to reach out to me and you know i responded to people and i got so many dms like way more <laughs> than i thought i would and i was like damn like i need somebody to to do this for me um i obviously i'm a creator right yeah. so like look at it through that lens. i've spent um, a lot of time thinking about this um just because i a lot of what i do now like is focused around like just the sales side i think whoever's listening to this a great idea could be like some kind of intros based tool right i feel again like cold email is getting really really hard it's super saturated and the best way to engage with someone that you want to be a customer, but they don't know who you are, is through a mutual connection, right? So a tool that essentially facilitates intros. So you can reach out to you know, your friend, Johnny, who works at the company. Um, maybe he's connected to someone on your team and it makes it really simple for them to make an intro for you. So you can kind of, you know, they can pitch on your behalf, right? Chances are they still may not need your service, but they're way more likely to take a call or a meeting with you knowing that it came from, you know, a trusted person, right? Like they're at least going to give you uh, the time of day to hear you out. Um, and I, you know, I talk to a lot of software people the, uh, out here in New York, and that's what I'm hearing a lot of is like a lot of their deal flow or opportunities are coming from intros, warm leads, mutual connections. Um, and so, you know, I think someone within LinkedIn, if you were to be able to scrape that database, there's probably an opportunity to go do something like this. So it would be like, you know, I'm at Morning Brew. I have, you know, 200 coworkers here. And between all 200 and some people here that work here, we're probably, you know, two, one to two degrees separation from every single buyer within, you know, Fortune 500 or all these different companies. And if I could easily get intros or request that from, you know, my colleagues, that would probably be a really helpful tool. Yeah. Um, there have been companies that have tried to do that. Um, I'm unsure of how successful they've been. We were talking about this, right? Like we were thinking of like, doing like an intros for, you know, like experts or something. So like less like, like celebrities and well-known entrepreneurial figures, but more of just really like deep entrenched experts in a certain vertical that like can just give you that 30 minutes you need to go out and like navigate a regulated space or like understand a new law, right? Like almost a more hyper-targeted version of, of intros for knowledge. Oh, so are you um, saying like quite literally like that company intros, which it's like you can pay to get in touch with certain people and they'll take a call with you on, and you can ask them essentially anything on a certain topic. Yeah. I was thinking about that, but doing it more for like less celebrity founders, like intros is all about Alex Ohanian and Sam Parr, right? And doing it for deep subject matter experts, right? Like if I'm building a fintech company, if I can just talk to a compliance guy who's, who knows all the banks for like two hours, that's worth like 10 grand. Got it. Got right? it. 
That's uh, a, that's also, not a business you, I would raise a shit ton of money for. Like intros raised a lot of money from A16Z. That's not a business that mm-hmm. I would I would feel like you'd need a lot of money for. I don't think they're doing that well. That's my assumption. And they were never able to work with us like from a marketing perspective. And like the guy was really hesitant to spend any money. So look, someone doesn't give me cash. Doesn't mean they're a bad guy. Doesn't mean their business sucks. But uh, yeah, there's that's there's a that's a really here. interesting idea. Like, so essentially, maybe you take, you know, you're in a certain space. Um, maybe I'm in sales, right? I know all the salespeople at a bunch of different companies, and like I enabled them to be able to monetize their time, right? Someone probably wants to get connected to them. Might as well let them make money from it too, right? Like a thirty minute call mm-hmm. an hour. That's a that's a profitable from day one kind of business. I think this platform could do so well if it was just compliant. Like it was one part of the industry. Think of like healthcare compliance, right? Full of the smartest minds there. And the transaction size will be large because you're asking them very specific questions. It's going to pay them a lot of money for their time. But it's like such valuable information, right? Like think of like food and drug compliance, right? If we got all like the former FDA people on there and stuff. Dude, they would get they would they had some bags right there. I agree. There's probably money there. All right. Well, we probably just inspired tons of people to go raise a shit ton of money and go make it make a company in the sales and marketing space. What do you think? Yeah, or just to go clone themselves and send <laughs> their face all over the internet. We I don't know if we need that. I don't know if the world needs that just quite yet, but <laughs> maybe it will one day. Uh, maybe it will one day. Uh, We've all seen, I mean, Sim, you're good on it. You've all seen enough of our ugly mugs. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for watching this episode of Our Future Podcast. Um, excited to cover more exciting tech startups and other businesses started by the brightest young minds in America. So make sure to smash that subscribe button and make sure to tune in to us occasionally on audio because, you know, audio is sticky. So with that, Stay frosty, everybody.